Welcome, ladies, gentlemen, fellow slaves of the global plantation, and hermaphrodites. Uh, the Vinnie Eastwood show is bad news. It's like the news, but worse. It's the lighter side of genocide. Just because we're being exterminated doesn't mean we can't enjoy it. Otherwise, what's the point of being killed? The Vinnie Eastwood Show. The only thing worse than living in a high-tech global police state run by child-trafficking Satanists is Vinnie's jokes. The question today is, are you new to this? Are you new to the truth? What is the truth? I remember one time somebody said, Vinny, you don't know the one truth. And I was like, okay, well, let's go find out. Did an internet search for the one truth. It came up with all these religious websites of all these people claiming to know the one truth and just disagreed about what that truth was. So let's say, let's pretend that you grew up in a Western society, that you went to public school, that you consumed the media through the television, that you use social media, that you've uh, become somewhat educated and you've done some work in the world, working for companies and so on and so forth. How would you stumble across the truth? First of all, what are you? Are you a free-thinking individual? Or is it more likely that you're the member of a cult? Do you live in a country that has some form of culture? Where do you think we get the name? When you went to school, did they make you get up early so that you're sleep-deprived? Did they teach you mindless, repetitive things that dulled your senses? Did the school have a central authority figure that you had to obey? Did you get ostracized by the people around you if you questioned that central doctrine and didn't play by their rules? Was there a lack of nutritious food available? Was there fluorescent lighting that's not too bright, not too dark? Was there a prize dangled in front of you that if only you did this, and if only you did that, eventually you'd get that little prize? If you've been to school, if you've been to a job, if you've been to university, or any kind of cult, they use virtually identically the same techniques. This is to destroy your mind, destroy your creativity, your ability to question the things that are being told to you. David Icke once put a slide up when he was here in New Zealand in, I believe, 2014, of the effect on creativity, independent thought, and all these things that you really associate with uh, childhood. And it basically stripped all those things away. So when people tell you to grow up, what they're really telling you to do is to lose your inner child, your creativity, your curiosity, and your independent thought. Those techniques are tried, true, and tested and have been used for a very long time. So now, if you recognize these techniques and what they have done to you, recognize that you're a member of a cult. Members of cults lose a portion of themselves, as their family members will attest when these people get out of these uh, so-called institutions. But they're never the same again. So whoever you were, before you went to school, before you got a job, before you went to university. That's not who you are now, and something's been taken from you. That's inherently traumatic. When people deal with trauma, it puts these little monkeys on your back and these burdens that you have to carry around with you 
constantly, oh my goodness, I'm a member of a cult. Oh my goodness, my government has brainwashed me. These are scary things for the uninitiated. And you must learn to deal with the fact. How do you do that is the question. I've coined this term post-truth traumatic stress, PTTS. After you learn the truth, who you are and how you got to be here and who's really running the show, it is inherently traumatic because who you were was a fiction and now you are losing that person. That person is dying. Part of you is dying. And in so doing, you are back to zero, like you're zero years old, like you have to learn to eat, crawl, sit up by yourself. These are not easy challenges, and they are not for the faint of heart. People wake up to things and they start trying to do something about it before they actually really know what they're dealing with. They say that the most important thing for success in politics is naivete and enthusiasm. If you don't know what you're dealing with, but you really want to do something about it anyway, that's what's going to give you the best chance at victory, they say. Now, when you look at truth movement, truth media people, and the lesser freedom media, freedom movement uh, people, believe me, there's a difference. They don't know what they're dealing with, ostensibly. So let's say you're in a cult and you don't know how to think for yourself. How do you get out of this? Firstly, it's about the work that you do. Nobody can chew your food for you and swallow it for you. Nobody can process that food in your gut and nobody can go to the bathroom for you. And the same is true with the things that go into your mind and the things that you think. You are the one who has to do it. Now, how do you determine a fact? If you look at a box, it has six sides, top, down, left, right, front, back. That's how you know that you're looking at a three-dimensional object. It's a fact because it has that many sides. How do you know if you're looking at a fact, though? Same again. It has six sides. Who, what, when, where, why, and how. These are the tools in the trivium methodology, which used to be taught to children so that they could understand fact from fiction in this world. Public schooling got away with that because if their students knew fact from fiction, they probably wouldn't listen to their teachers or be quite as obedient. After you have discovered what it is you want to do in your life, what are your talents? What are your unfair advantages? What can you do better than anybody else? Real easy for you. And what do you actually enjoy doing? And moreover, can you, A, make money? Can you make a living at doing that? And by make a living, are you just able to survive by doing what you love and doing what you know to be right. And secondly, precisely, how do you go about that step-by-step -step process sort of thing? You have the ability to determine facts now, but you have to do it about everything, everything, because you've been lied to about everything virtually. And if you're capable of finding amidst all this chaos around you, something that's really true for you, and something you really want to do, nothing can really stop you except you. Many people who listen to broadcasts in the truth media, often uh, those who are big, big fans who listen all the time, do so because it provides a form of 
catharsis, a lessening of the pain of being alone, of not doing nothing, right? What's problematic about this is your creative flair is not necessarily being lit and gouting flame whilst you're consuming other people's content. The point of a show like mine, for instance, if you know what you're dealing with and all of that kind of thing, but occasionally it gets a bit much for you, that's when you come to a show like this, give you a little bit of a pickup so that you can continue going and doing it. It doesn't necessarily require you to listen all the time unless you know nothing to begin with and you need something that is not stressful to listen to that enables you to process and download significant information that you'd been previously unaware of. The show's incredibly good for that. And because of the wide array of guests and subjects discussed on it, you will begin to develop what I would consider a geometric uptick in the amount of knowledge that you possess. But with knowledge that you've gotten, regardless of whether you've asked the who, what, when, where, how, and why, you will forget things. That's why repetition, that cult indoctrination technique, is absolutely important in the truth media. Can you quote things? Famous sayings or statistical data and things of that nature? Have you committed them to memory? Because you'll be argued with by people who don't know what they're talking about regularly. And if you're unable to recall the facts, if they ask who, what, when, where, how, and why about a factoid that you're telling them about, say, fluoride or climate change or vaccines. If you can't recall the data because you haven't repeated it enough to yourself to recall it just like that, it will give them the impression that you don't know what you're talking about. And that's because you don't know what you're talking about. You've seen a YouTube video. You've listened to a show only once about this topic, and it excites you so much that you want to hurriedly go around telling everybody about it before you've had the opportunity to process, think about, and verify this information to yourself because you trust and believe that the people telling you this information are not wrong or lying to you. It's not a very good move. That being said, finding out the facts is not the point of your life. Okay? That's simply the first stage of the trivia. The second stage is that processing. Again, if you know what you know and know it so well that if people ask those questions, you can rattle off the answers, you are finished learning per se, in terms of that phase. You'll still learn things and what have you, but now you actually have a concrete base of facts by which to navigate your life and to converse with those around you. The final stage of this, once you have developed that sense of self, that base of knowledge, is to teach what you know to others. That's everybody's job in life. Learn, figure out what you've learned, and then teach. What normally happens when you're in the truth movement, or at least in my case, is before you actually have that full base, you will go out there and try to interview people who have pieces of the puzzle that you do not and many people make the mistake that these people are coming on your show to listen to you. And that is not the case. They've come there 
because they've been given the impression that you want to listen to them, that your audience wants to listen to them, and they really enjoy that notion because they're generally speaking, if you're talking about the truth movement, people who don't lie, nobody wants to hear from them. Nobody knows their names. And when they open their mouth, it scares people away and they don't want to listen to it. That's why it is so important to give these people the opposite treatment. Be nice to them, learn from them, listen to them, give them some encouragement. Encourage, to give courage to others. Just through the course of this broadcast, this will become very clear to those who've been listening to a long time of the wide array of people that we've had on the show, wide array of topics, that many people have uh, told me that they were going to commit suicide or that they were extremely depressed or that they didn't know what to do with their life before listening to this broadcast. And these are just the people that have told me, and it's only a handful, and it could potentially be significantly more than that, except I'll never know who those people are, and they'll never tell me these things that I have done for them and their life. The gratitude uh, that they give, they are absolutely so grateful that you have done this work that you have helped them in some way, even though you did not know who they are, even though you may not ever meet them. They are grateful, and you are doing good work. When you're living in this situation, however, you will become fundamentally aware that you are, for the most part, alone in this. You may start your project with other people because you're kind of afraid of doing it by yourself. And soon or later, you will discover that you are the one with the commitment to the cause and your friend was just trying to help you out. Eventually, they tire because their heart's not really in it. This is the plague of the entrepreneur. You will fail many times. You may go bankrupt. You may lose everything you got, including uh, your contact with your family and friends, because you'll be too busy trying to make that inspirational thing in your head manifest into reality. Let's say there's a layer of reality right there in front of you that the vast majority of people do not see, but after... 10,000 hours of research into hundreds of different subject matters, you now see this reality for what it is, the typical day in the life of a quote-unquote conspiracy theorist. A conspiracy theorist, in my uh, summation, defines a person who believes, absolutely believes, and cannot be convinced otherwise that there are people in this world who don't care what you think, who do exactly what they want to do. People with power and influence who use their power to maintain and grow that influence. That's a conspiracy theorist. Sounds perfectly rational. The bulk of people, however are coincidence theorists. People who believe everything happens by sheer coincidence. There's no such thing as lies, backroom deals, or deception. And that at some point in the middle of the 20th century, the wealthy and powerful and tyrannical and psychopathic ultra-intergenerational wealth families of the world came together in a grand realization they said to themselves, you know, I think we've got enough money and power. Don't you think, Joe? You know, we, 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 we've, we've just been too greedy. We, we, let's just let the people be free. 
coincidence there. Sound very insane. Now, we have a caller from Florida who will be getting to just after the break. Chris from Florida, wait on the line there, man. And right after the break, we will go straight to you. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for tuning in to the VinnieEastwoodShow.com. We'll be right back after the break. to smell some funky little things going on? Let me share this story with you. It's not so much a story. It's something I wrote years ago. Read your history, people. Stock markets collapse on Friday. Bank seizures, closures, holidays take place after business hours on Friday. Do currencies or governments also collapse on Friday? (laughs) Tomorrow's Friday. Will the end come on this Friday, or will the inevitable collapse hold off for a while? The next round of the worst financial crisis in a hundred years is coming, people, and the government is out to make you and I pay for it. And will your savings survive a global banking wipeout? What happens when the U.S. sees hyperinflation? What if taxes soar not only for the rich? Can you survive the stock market tanks? Look, between a stock market wipeout, waves of bank failures, soaring government spending that will lead to hyperinflation and the destruction of the dollar's value, isn't it time that you prepare for the uncertainty which lies ahead? Protect your money now or forever kiss it goodbye. My friends, I offer you over six decades experience of hard asset ownership and knowledge. And I'm prepared to handle the smallest detail in the balanced protection of your portfolio. For as the future of uncertainty continues to blanket this nation of ours, I believe that I can offer you the privacy, safety, security, and possibly some profitability which you deserve. And so I invite you to visit SierraMondrePreciousMetals.com for further information regarding protecting your wealth. Or call me, Jeffrey Bennett, at 602-799-8214. Or by email at KettleMoraineLTD at Cox.net for private consultation. Once again, our phone number is 602-799-8214. It's almost Friday. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to the Vinnie Eastwood Show. We're going to go directly to our uh, caller from Florida. I believe his name is Chris. Chris, are you there? Vinnie, yes. Chris Steiner here. How are you? I'm, you know, borderlining on fabulous. I'd say maybe 1.2 out of 10. It could be worse. All right. Yeah, I understand. I've been keeping track of your travails on Facebook. Um, I admire what you do, though... uh, uh, you're hitting on a lot of points that make me observe that uh, others can't appreciate what you do unless they actually do it. And myself included, being a talk show host, you know, the admiration is wonderful, though uh, you want to inspire people to do the same things. And uh, I encourage folks uh, to take the information on mine and other shows to call into other talk shows, especially the adversarial ones. And... Um, and a lot of people are afraid to, of course. The public speaking is uh, such a huge fear. So I think a lot of it is that uh, it's unreasonable people who are afraid they might lose their own self-control. They're the ones who find excuses to not call shows. Even uh, a lot of uh, adrenaline junkies won't dare call a talk show, you know, people who skydive or do other things. Um, instead, they'll give excuses like, oh, they won't listen to me. They'll cut me off. They'll... Um, mischaracterize, uh, misconstrue what I have to say. They'll cast aspersions on me and dismiss me. Well, that's okay. I mean, I say that's fine as long as you, 
you're trying to reach the intelligent audience members and hopefully uh, Chris, persuade them. May I may I uh, postulate something here? Uh, because you, you've touched on something I was thinking about before the show, and I'm, I'm glad you reminded me. Um, people do make those excuses, okay? And my uh, answer to that is, yes, you're currently a slave on a global tax system uh, 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 imaginary money plantation, okay? Yes, that's true, that they will demonize you, that you will lose friends, you will uh, break apart your family, you will lose most of your money, and you will probably (laughs) suffer some kind of post-traumatic stress, okay? But that's no excuse to not not to do it, okay? What are you, a pussy? (laughs) Right on. (laughs) And it becomes easier once you realize that, and then it makes it a lot easier to uh, regain... um the wealth uh, as much as much more than is needed to accomplish uh, your inspired goals. And, um, you know, as, as being a talk show host, um, also being a, a talk show caller, one has to stay reasonable. They have to be ready to speak, to persuade as well as listen to be persuaded. But uh, maybe uh, the problem is that so many are afraid that if they are persuaded on air and in public by someone of another persuasion, political persuasion, uh, that their current friends of an opposing of uh, of their of their own persuasion will uh, criticize or disown them, as you mentioned. So what's the big deal with that? If you're in search of the follow the truth where it finds you. And uh, and what the, what the, what do the hosts themselves when you call to discredit them as I often do? What do they have to lose? Well, they often lose their health. Their health often declines because they're not willing to face the demons that are oppressing them. And the guests, likewise, who tell lies, uh, they often won't be invited back or won't be as willing to return if they are going to be called on their BS. And that happens. I mean, okay, so yeah, there there might be a slight uh, cost to oneself, but uh, the truth is much more rewarding if you just keep pressing on, and especially when you get uh, others to call into a talk show. You'll, you'll find the like-minded friends who will uh, um, join with you to call into shows and um, make... Uh, make points that you didn't get to make or reinforce the points that you did. And, uh, you know, I find also whether it comes to, when it comes to either call-in shows or in-person presentations, there usually aren't too many people taking notes. You're talking about research encouraging, encouraging people to research. People, uh, very few people take notes, if any, and uh, almost no one video records. And, uh, you know, I find that, uh, you know, maybe after a live presentation, I'll, I'll find about 5% of the people who are truly interested, who take notes, who ask questions, or videotape. And, of course, they're the ones who are doing a lot on their own. And they're the ones with whom I can network and, uh, and work with easily because they're not, doing it of ego. they're not doing it for ego's sake. Correct. And uh, on that note, uh, during the Occupy Wall Street protests around, what was that, 2012, uh, the 1% became a big term that was thrown around. And recently in a New Zealand election, a uh, party called New Zealand Loyal, who want to uh, abolish uh, federal income taxes equivalent here in New Zealand, are the 1% of the vote that we got. What if there's a good 1%, a powerful 1%, a smart 1%, us? We'll be right back after the break. If you want to hold on there, uh, Chris in Florida, we'll be right back to continue the call here. Thank you so much, ladies and gentlemen. Call in 512-248-8252 or 1-800-313-94. To my feet. I was a sacrificial lamb, all part of the plan. They sacrificed me. You are tuned in to the Republic Broadcasting Network. Visit our website by going to republicbroadcasting.org. Here at Republic Broadcasting Network, we have been building our online store. 
Caldwell, we have been focusing on bringing you the best talk show host in the country. Here at Republic Broadcasting Network, we also want our listeners to have products they can use every day and in times of emergency. We have added new products each week to our store. Your support of this network, plus products at the best prices, is a win-win situation. Check out our new store. Go to our website, republicbroadcasting.org, and click on the online store located at the top of our website. Together, we can continue to grow RBN and help our listeners prepare for the future. Go to republicbroadcasting.org and click on our online store or call us. 800-724-2719, extension 3. 800-724-2719, extension 3. Do you or someone you know suffer from chest pain, blood pressure, cholesterol, or irregular heartbeat? Are you looking for a more natural solution to overcome these health challenges? You hear the ads all the time. If this stuff's so good, why doesn't my doctor prescribe it? That's easy. Doctors are not trained in natural medicine. Extendivite Heart Tonic does want you to be as healthy as you can be. And it really works. Take Extendivite for six months and your doctor will say, I don't know what you're doing, but don't stop. It's working for you. Get the dependability of Extendivite. Just see how you feel in six months. A two-month supply of either capsules or liquid is only $69.95 plus shipping and handling. Call 1-877-928-8822. That's 1-877-928-8822. Or visit heartdrop.com. Extend your life with Are you one of the millions of people who feel like there is a dark cloud hanging over their heads whenever they're using pharmaceutical drugs? For some, the short-term relief can turn into an opioid addiction nightmare. Have you ever wondered why CBD oil is a billion-dollar industry? It's because it works better than opioids and is actually healthy for you. However, CBD oil is stripped of all other helpful compounds found in the hemp plant. According to neuroscientists, the whole hemp plant, otherwise known as hemp paste, is even more effective than the chemically processed CBD oil. Are you ready to take back your health? You can try hemp paste for the price of a cup of coffee. Hemppaste.com slash RBN. Free shipping on orders over $50. See the banners for Hemp Paste at republicbroadcasting.org and visit hemppaste.com slash RBN. Welcome back. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to the show that's all about being incredibly cynical, jaded, and yet continuing to do the work of trying to free the ungrateful masses of humanity. Anyway, it's the Vinnie Eastwood Show. And my very uh, special caller is uh, Chris Steiner, I believe, uh, in Florida, still you on the line. Chris, welcome back. Yes, Vinnie, yes, you got it. Yeah, yeah. Making a point there about being a talk radio show host and uh, uh, doing all this work, what it costs you and why you actually do it. Uh, can I ask you something? Do, do you think that trauma is absolutely necessary for somebody to be motivated to do this kind of work? Do you have to see the dark side of humanity before you care enough about it to know how wrong it is and want to dedicate your life and give up most of your uh, so-called previous dreams in order to pursue it? Oh, no, it's not a loss of... Uh dream, uh, pursuing dreams anyway, in any way, uh, uh, because, um, you know, people who do listen appreciate and uh, do make uh, use of it for their, in their own personal lives, they do appreciate it. I, it doesn't matter to, if someone's calling isn't to speak publicly, that's okay, though there are plenty of people who can do it, who could perfectly, are perfectly capable of doing it, and, uh, you know, it's a, <laughs> And, you know, offering criticism um, usually isn't accepted unless somebody has paid for it, as in the case of, say, a counselor, psychologist, for instance. Though, uh, in the case of a talk host, uh, the same can be said if someone has had to pay a price uh, for mistakes that they no longer want to repeat. 
And uh, it is a very cost-effective way to deliver information. Um, it's extremely, you know, you get to talk to hundreds or thousands of people at a time calling into, say, terrestrial broadcast shows, uh, as I did this morning two times. Um, and, uh, you know, I got to correct the record uh, because the first time I was uh, misconstrued. And, and uh, you know, I got to show that, uh, well, that why did they cut me off in the first place? It's because they're not in pursuit of the truth. You know, I got to make my statement on the first call, and, and uh, they cut me off as usual, and I called back because uh, they don't want to have the give and take, although they do that with, uh, they allow other callers to have a give and take. So, you know, just to show that um, this is what they do, and uh, I'm going to have to make a video of this particular <laughs> topic, <laughs> but uh, it's just so you can know what I'm talking about. But um, well, this, you know, a lot of it... Uh, this opposition that we face, and, and often you'll have this uh, even from other people in the so-called truth movement um, who don't know the trivium, don't know how to uh, sort out facts and fiction, have maybe yeah. watched a couple of videos about MK Ultra or COINTELPRO or something like that, and suddenly they see it everywhere. And uh, they have no cognition of the fact that the people who do MKUltra-type things and COINTELPRO-type things are often groomed from children to be able to know how to do it, to know how to understand it, to know how to implement it. You just watched a YouTube video last week, bro, and you didn't even watch it twice, okay? <laughs> and now you're qualified to point out who's a shill and who's not. <laughs> yes. Yeah. This, this arrogance, so I, right? Uh, we, we don't know how dumb we are sometimes because the complexity of the information projects that we're essentially taking on to our mind haven't been groomed into us from the young age, as the evil people who do this kind of thing for a living have been. Yeah, uh, if something is of value to you, you should watch it at least twice. I do that with a lot of talk shows um, and uh, you know, take notes as well, of course. Uh, though, um, you know, there's uh, the problem I see is a middle school mentality with a lot of folks that are just seeking popularity, doing things for ego and uh and so you know not for the sake of furthering the conversation being polite to people so that you can have a conversation again with them in the future and uh, you know show that you are respectful and that's probably the most persuasive thing being reasonable respectful uh, you, you, you are so right you are so right and and I've, I've seen this happen uh, so many times especially in the truth movement and uh, people will understand this in the New Zealand truth movement but I think it applies to the global truth movement as well is that sooner or later you realize that your country is not actually that big and that your truth movement is even smaller. So the more crap that you put into it and the more infighting that you participate in, the smaller and smaller and smaller your your potential becomes, I believe. That's right. Yeah. And uh, if you think that if you suspect somebody of infighting or doing something inappropriate, um, you know, or, or just saying something unreasonable, whether, you know, factual based in a conversation on a talk show, for instance, and ask, well, what do you mean? What are you talking about? You know, entice conversation, show you're interested in having the conversation with the person that, that shows you honor them as a spirit. You're, you're right, Chris. Uh, uh, sometimes we, we don't ask somebody what they meant and clarify what they meant before we go off on these uh, uh, tidal wave rants of, of our own uh, things that we've made up in our head. Yes, and, and likewise, don't learn to not take offense uh, as so many do, to someone who doesn't instantly accept what you've said. You know, they don't uh, take as granted that uh, they know and will accept what you've just now introduced to them. Uh, but instead, you know, ask if you happen to had a chance to check it out. And, uh, you know, another thing is that, uh, you know, calling into shows, uh, folks may not say things in the right order. They, you know, you learn late. I mean, I'm calling into shows for uh, over 30 years, and uh, I still take notes before I call. It doesn't matter how familiar I am with the topic, just like I called in uh, tonight and uh, reprioritize as I'm, reprioritize those notes as I'm speaking or as I'm listening to the guest, allowing them to speak. And uh, often they'll answer the question uh, that I had on my mind that I put in my notes. I can strike that from my notes and then uh, reprioritize my notes and 
you know, a lot of people interrupt because they're afraid of forgetting what they're about to say. And that's a memory issue that often comes from toxicity from things like chemtrails and fluoride, no doubt. So we have to be patient with each other. Um, and, uh, on, that you know, note, on that note, I want to back you up because often we communicate with people where we think they should be. We don't communicate the, them uh, on a level where they actually are. And because we've got that extra expectation, that's what makes us offended or upset or something of that nature. How can you not know this? I can't believe you haven't seen that video. Um, it's just like, man, you, you've got to relax your expectations. We're all people and people are all flawed and we do not have a hive mind where we've all absorbed the exact same information in the exact same environment. Yeah, yeah, and uh, it's a slow process. It's not like the Star Trek episodes where they realize, oh my gosh, uh, it was an old uh, Star Trek episode. I can't remember. I think it's Return of the Archons or one of those ones where they, they, they're in a mine. They're, they've been condemned to be being miners, and they find out that, well, people are losing their patience because they're exposed to a gas in, in the mine. And, and so once they realize that they're being exposed, they assert their will, their spiritual will, and uh, become patient with each other. Uh, I wish it would be worked out in just a 60-minute episode like that, but uh, this is an ongoing fight. We, we have to um, let our spirit express itself and, uh, and admire each other um, for, for being who they are. Uh, and, uh, you know, I'm sure we can find at least one thing that we can admire in others, um, and uh, know that we're going to have to deal with them. We can't think that you're going to conquer somebody. Uh, you have to persuade them. And rather than saying, you must do this, this must be done, that must be done. Well, yeah, maybe that's true, but this, there are only certain people who are adept, uh, skilled at doing it or, or receptive to doing those certain things. And I do admire what you do because uh, you're such a good listener. Thanks, man. I get that a lot. Um, the... <laughs> The element that we really have to deal with here as talk radio show hosts, as you mentioned or alluded to earlier, is that in the truth movement, it is very different from being a quote-unquote talk radio host, some kind of shock jock who reads little news headlines or re reads out the uh, the bumper music at the end of the breaks or something of that nature. If you were to define it as a career, you know, something that somebody would be qualified for, paid for, and do on a nine-to-five basis, a talk radio show host in the truth movement would be more likened to a grief counsellor. What we do is talk about traumatizing things generally with traumatized people to a traumatized audience in order to not only understand, but deal with and get past the trauma of the fact that we grew up for such a long time not knowing what the truth was because we had to go through school, then we had to go through work, and then we had to go through university for, for some of us. And then we realized after all that, that the lie that we were told that we didn't like in the first place, that, oh, if you just do this, you'll get that, was all a lie the whole time. And that our life had basically been spent, our prime creative years, our prime working years in the 20s and 30s, gone before we even have some kind of an inkling that something is wrong. And then we have to spend another 10 years or so, sometimes, just figuring out what we didn't know already. And then we can start doing something about it by the time we're 40, 50, 60 years old, when the prime capacity of our life, our fighting age, is behind us. That puts it as a tremendous disadvantage, and that makes it extremely difficult for people to understand that the vast majority of listeners to my show, and I'm a 38-year-old uh, boy, you know, are in, on average uh, a third older than me, sometimes twice as old as me. And the reason for that is because they remember. They remember what things used to be like. They remember what the food used to taste like when they were kids. They remember that they played with other kids in the street. They remember that they had community meetings, 
They remember all these things that have since disappeared and largely been forgotten about. And that's the thing about memory. That's why they're trying to kill it, because only those people have enough memory to figure out what they've lost and why it's so important to get it back. Yeah, memory as well as uh, emotional range is what I feel is the uh, evil is trying to squelch because, uh, you know, through intuition I can find, uh, I can uh, fearlessly, more fearlessly uh, investigate things that are evil and at the same time know that they're not a threat and uh, and be uplifted by the uh, spiritual God-focused uh, companions that are, are all around us. Um, you know, by 25 years old, our nervous system should be developed. So uh, we see that <clears throat> we see that a lot of um, our younger people are uh, not as able to cope. Uh, so um, our nervous system can actually continue growing and uh, allowing us to have um, better insights and uh, you know energy. Uh, by uh, you know doing things like mushrooms, medicinal mushrooms like lion's mane mushroom, and uh, you know the more I've learned, the, I know that uh, the more I more supplements I'm able to find that help me uh, get in touch spiritually. Uh, you know we are omnidimensional beings, so we need to uh, be able to uh, bolster the physical, and uh, that allows the the structure, the lattice work for the the spirit to want to stay in the body. Um, and uh, and recognize what's going on or what has in the past, as you mentioned, um, what has gone wrong in the past. And you know, you, like nine eleven, I you know wonder, well, gee, these children being brought up with a curriculum of what they think happened on nine eleven, they're going to accept uh, all the tracking, tracing, databasing, the freedom fondles at the airports, and uh, so uh, you know things like that. I'm I'm shocked at, but uh, you know, in contrast, I I you know growing up. Um, started becoming aware of these things in uh, uh, 17 years old when I was trying to decide who to vote for. Fortunately, I was online, so I could do a lot of research and, and did see a lot of the things where we had gone wrong, particularly the money issue um, you know, on the laws that transitioned over into victimless crime. Um, so, uh, you know, able to try to say, hey, you know, I'm young enough. And, you know, I had a community access show back then, well, back when I was uh, 19, 18, 19 years old, uh, here in Pinellas County, Florida, and, uh, you know, I, I just see that a lot, uh, I'm, I'm really so fortunate that that allowed me uh, to get my, my legs for public speaking, not worried, getting worried about it, um, worried about the backlash. Uh, May and, I? Uh, um, and uh, lastly, just, I'll just finish up that, that Star Trek episode was called Cloud Minders, not, not well, but uh, The Return of the Archons had a similar theme where people were toxified and figured it out, and so they use their, their will to overcome that. Well, it was uh, about starting off, and people are afraid to uh, mess up. They're afraid to screw up. And this is, uh, I think, the worst mentality uh, that has ever plagued mankind, the fear of failure. Uh, the most valuable lessons in life will be those that cost you the most, generally speaking. I recall... Mel Gibson, when he uh, first went to Hollywood, he said that he would make deals with people who would fall through or not follow through, and he'd lose significant amount of cash uh, on these uh, uh, screw-ups. And he considered them university fees, okay? These are the yeah. things that you learn. And um, we give each other a hard time, you know, say like, hey, bro, your audio is overdriven or, man, your green screen is not properly lit or uh, you, you didn't listen to your guest enough or, you know, whatever uh, kind of uh, technical or psychological or sociological ways that you could screw up being a talk radio show host or a truth movement person. I give people infinite breadth to screw up just so long as they can have the cognition and the maturity to see that, oh, I made a mistake there. Oh, I can improve here. But it doesn't mean that you're bad or you're incompetent or something of that nature. You're learning, okay? Give people a break, everybody. If they're new, they're learning, and hopefully they'll get better. And you need to encourage people to do that. 
Yeah, yeah. My first community access show was uh, wasn't too good, and then uh, I took the advice of my friends. And if you have good friends, they'll tell you, they'll criticize you, and you'll accept it. So, um, if uh, if you consider them good friends, <laughs> and uh, if you're not getting criticism from your friends, maybe they aren't your friends. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, or maybe they're just not listening to your show, and they just kind of support yeah, that's you right. rather than probably. <laughs> That's usually the case, though. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's, that's the thing as, as well. I mean, um, that's what my mate Jono told me uh, back in the day, is that why listen to my show when he can just talk to me? And, you know, I, I understand that right. mentality because there's so many people in the truth movement uh, that I've had on this show, and I've, I, I don't think I've listened to their broadcast, the bulk of them. Well, yeah, I, I too tell friends uh, <clears throat> or neighbors uh, when we're talking about things that, uh, hey, I just did a whole show on that. Look at this. Look at I have so many things to do. I, I wish I had the time to talk to you. Please, uh, you know, watch my show. Then we'll have a discussion. And it seems like I'm depriving them of that interpersonal um, chat. And uh, you know, I, I'm I don't know. Maybe I'm too short when I tell them. Uh, Hey, don't complain to me. Call in a shows. You know, you know what's going on a lot better than most people do. You really got a good grasp on. You have a very good grasp on the topic. So, really, <laughs> uh, I think it'd, it'd be therapeutic for you to call into somebody else and and uh, let yourself be heard rather than letting you know than having me agree with you. Yes, and and I remember uh, on that vein, a friend of mine was asking me. Vinny, do you think I should run for local politics? And so I asked him, well, that depends. Uh, you a sociopathic scumbag who's going to lie to everybody in order to get them to vote for you and then betray them as soon as you've gotten power? And he goes, <laughs> and he goes, no. And I go, well, then run. Oh, my God, run. God. <laughs> you just <laughs> anybody who isn't totally like all the current people that are there would be better than the people who are currently there. That's that's what I'm saying. Um, and so you can't make things any worse unless you're a worse person than the people you're up against. And I don't think any of us are. Yeah, I get that. I've been asked to run <clears throat> for office. I just feel like uh, there are so many better things I can do. That uh, politics, we can't. We we have more power still. In, at least in this country, uh, the people do to make things uh, better than uh, waiting for politicians to reform, say, economics. We can, I think it all comes down to um, economics fun- fundamentally. So people will have the time, the energy, the health to uh, afford better quality food and goods and services, the heirloom quality uh, goods and qu- um, better quality services if uh, people work with uh, community currencies, time banks, barter networks, cooperatives, and swap shops. So that's why I focus on my show on uh, health personally, economically, and ecologically. Those are the those are the focal points. So people will have the time and the health and the uh, mental focus and the patience uh, more so to speak with each other. And if they're dealing with someone in their community, they're more likely to talk on issues other than business, on uh, you know politics, and then uh, then they can maybe run for office. It's uh, something that G. Edward Griffin told me uh, back in the day, uh, that those without power cannot defend freedom. And he encouraged people with uh, the Freedom Force International models to start running for local government, even chief dog catcher or any position of you know power or influence that you could possibly even contest the election, let alone even have a chance of winning, just because it's important to have the representation within those institutions that tell the truth. It keeps a check and a balance on them. And, you know, there's the anarchic uh, argument that any participation in government or voting or any of those things, it has all these consequences, like you can now be blamed or you are now subject to these people's laws because you voted and and, and things of that nature. Um, And those are great, theoretically, uh, but they mean absolutely nothing whatsoever 
in the practical world. This guy is the chief commander of the military. He's got a million guys with guns that can go to your house and take you out because he decided that he wanted to do that thing. Okay, and you not participating in the voting process won't suddenly gun down millions of soldiers, will it? Okay, where the rubber meets the road is force, the force of the voice. Okay, people don't understand that concept that when you are using force, that is your authority. That is what you are standing up with primarily as a first resort, generally speaking. Defensive force is often misunderstood and is called violence, which comes from the Latin valare to violate, which means somebody is violating your rights, your rights to not be raped, not be murdered, not be assaulted, not have your stuff stolen from you or have your property trespassed on or tell vicious defamatory lies about you and so forth. If somebody's doing that, you have every right as a sentient organism to defend yourself. Okay? Defense of self. They want to make everything collectivist and what have you. Well, I'll tell you what, there's nothing less collectivist than running for public office on an anarchic platform where you want to oppose the controllers and the slave masters for the good of mankind. Yes, yes, and uh, if it ever does come down to physical confrontation, if you have the skills that you've already honed to speak conversationally, persuasively, you're a lot more likely to avoid those physical confrontations. And uh, a lot of so many people say, well, I have a gun and I'll be able to defend myself. Or I've even heard one person say, I'll be able to go and take other people's stuff, which is the kind of person who should never own a weapon of any kind. And uh, and so, you know, people who are relishing, they say that they relish the idea of physical confrontation. I really don't think so, because they haven't practiced the uh, art of conversation in the first place. <laughs> that's uh, that's necessary. If you want to talk your way out of a situation, it's a lot easier than uh, using uh, physical, um, you know, physical weapons or your fists. Yep. And uh, what, what was it uh, that Mark Twain said? It's impossible to convince a man of something if his income depends on him not understanding it. And... <laughs> What we're dealing with here, to a large degree, is people who are trapped in their own prisons that people have told them to build. Build this prison in your mind. Why do I want to do that? It'll keep you safe. Okay? (laughs) And uh, don't let any of these other prisoners in. Wait, hold on a second. I thought the prison was to keep me safe, not to to stop me from interacting with other people. Yeah, 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 but never mind that. Just, Just keep building your own prison in your mind, all right? And that is what we, as a general truth movement, not a freedom movement, you don't get any freedom if you don't got no truth. Mate, Chris, thank you so much for calling in. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you. Take care. Cheers, brother. And thank you, ladies and gentlemen. Please go to the theviniestwoodshow.com uh, today. That's Vinny with a Y because it's the most important question. And Eastwood, like, go ahead, make my news. And go ahead, make a donation. Go through the PayPal, Kiwi Bank, and Patreon to support the broadcast today. It's very, very difficult to be uh, uh, raising a family and uh, telling the truth and uh, all, all of these things. Uh, without your support. So I'm so grateful for those who do. We'll see you again sometime on Republic Broadcasting Network. What would you say if I told you we have a new tool that will increase production and lower maintenance costs for your meat processing company and it would pay for itself in just six weeks? When pigs fly! The new Ease-Off Model EZ4 replaces old spring-style carcass droppers and is faster, safer, and more reliable. The Ease-Off lowers or lifts 1,000 pounds to or from your rail automatically using our remote control. Sounds expensive! Can I afford it? Can you afford not to try the Ease-Off? 
It installs fast with just three bolts in place of your current dropper. The effortless operation will reduce fatigue and injuries, speed up your line, eliminate downtime, and increase profit. How can I order my EaseOff? Go to EaseOff.com, E-A-Z-E-O-F-F.com. And hurry, because we are offering $200 off on the new Easy 4 for a limited time. EaseOff.com. We make pigs fly. Cows, too. EaseOff, LLC. Summersville, Missouri. 417-932-6419. You can't handle the truth. You're listening to Republic Broadcasting Network. Visit republicbroadcasting.org today because you can handle the truth.